are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball. What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Friday, December 11th. And Pistons basketball tonight. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, Pistons fan, follower my whole life, just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. And I'm Brother Brian, and I once got kicked out of a national Coney Island for starting a Let's Go Red Wings chant that went on for too long. Well, let's go with the Lockdown Pistons podcast today. Thanks for following along. It has been nine full months since the Detroit Pistons played a basketball game. Actually, nine months to the day the oh. Pistons lost to the Philadelphia 76ers in the city of brotherly love. Christian Wood going up against Joel Embiid in that one. Ancient history right now as the Pistons go into preseason. Today we're going to talk about what we expect from Pistons Knicks tonight and then also talk a little bit about the big story around the NBA this season, maybe even annoyingly so for fans, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks. How that ties with the strategy and ultimate results of the Detroit Pistons this season. And a little bit later on, Brian's got our new weekly feature about which college basketball game to watch with the eyes on the 2021 NBA draft, which we know will be an important one for this year franchise. Give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account, and check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give Brother Brian a follow at bshook12 on Twitter, and also the playmichigan.com account at play underscore Michigan. I think we hit all the notes there. Brian? Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Wake up. It's game day. I cannot wait. It's been so long since we've seen the Pistons play any sort of organized basketball. Yeah, it really has. And uh, on one hand, you try, it's, it's a preseason NBA basketball mm-hmm. game. It's not a big deal. You know, you might, by the middle of the second quarter, we might look at each other and say, uh, this is kind of ugly, and yeah. maybe this isn't. But it, but it is. The red, white, and blue. It's Little Caesars Arena. It's, you know, everything that we grew up watching. I was thinking, I'm guessing George is not going to be on the call today as Michigan State's playing football tomorrow afternoon in, in uh, Penn State. So I'm assuming he won't be there. I don't know if it's Johnny Kane who's going to be on the call. Maybe they'll call in Matt Shepard, Greg Kelser. Um, but here I am breaking down the broadcasters for a preseason basketball <laughs> game. So I think I'm excited. I think that's what that means, right? Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. Um, we've built this up so much. There's so many question marks that – you know, we're looking to hopefully get the first pieces to the answers, you know, to those questions. And I'm not sure that we're going to see a lot, and I'm sure we'll overreact to whatever we see. But, it, you know, that's part of the joy of basketball coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a 7 o'clock tonight, Fox Sports Detroit, the Knicks in town at Little Caesars Arena to play the Pistons. They will play again at 7 o'clock on Sunday evening. These same two teams in this same arena because they're trying to cut down the travel and then, Next weekend, the Pistons will be Thursday night, Saturday night, a couple of games in Washington to play Russell Westbrook and the Wizards, as weird as that sounds, to, uh, to talk about Russell Westbrook as a member of the Wizards. Also tonight, uh, for the NBA junkies who have missed their fix lately, NBA TV this evening, 8 o'clock, Houston and Chicago, so you could see Christian Wood 
uh, in a Houston Rockets uniform taking on Patrick Williams, maybe a one that got away from the draft. And at 10.30 tonight, if the Pistons are over, ESPN for the diehards, the Sacramento Kings taking on the Portland Trailblazers. So some preseason hoops tonight. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton taking that as a member of the Sacramento Kings. So I'll probably check that one out and see what those mm-hmm. guys look like in those uniforms as well. But about these Pistons tonight, Brian, uh, and Dwayne Casey said yesterday he kind of expects everyone to get out there and get some run. Savitas, uh, Doritas Savitas is, is kind of the one guy who sounds like he won't play because of the, I don't know if he's quite there yet or right. what the travel situation is, is with him. Uh, so kind of still waiting on him. But there are other guys – you know, maybe Leangelo Ball getting a little bit of a tick tonight. We'll see about that. But the questions, and Amari Sankofa of the Free Press has a, has a nice spread about the questions that, that might be answered tonight in some part. We don't want to read all that much into preseason, but that's what we're here for is to react and overreact on a day-to-day basis. And the guards' minutes distribution in terms of whether Killian Hayes starts the first preseason game uh, or maybe Derek Rose or DeLon Wright, and then shooting guard, uh, Sabine Mikhailuk, or maybe DeLon Wright starts alongside Killian Hayes in the starting lineup. I guess we'll get the beginnings of answers to those questions tonight. Yeah, and you're gonna, we're going to pick up on any little crumb that's out there. This obviously, you know, is Casey's got to mess around with rotation, see what it looks like. We're going to see a lot of turnovers. This team hasn't been around each other a lot. There are a lot of new faces, high turnover. You've got this truncated offseason where – you know, you're you're turning over a roster more than you usually would in this rebuild that Troy Weaver is doing, and then you're doing it within a month, including three guys who've never played. You know, counting Saban Lee, you know, four guys who've never played professional basketball um, before. Or actually, Killian Hayes played professional basketball, but not at this level. And you know, getting them all on the same page seems like a fool's errand. And so, it, if it does look ugly tonight. Let's not overreact as Pistons fans. That's just kind of the nature of the beast and what it's going to, you know, probably leak into the regular season looking like a little bit. But, you know, this is the baseline that we can set it up and hopefully we're just moving forward and improving, at, uh, especially that and, you know, all facets of the game moving forward. Yeah, I think what you said about it being an ugly game tonight, I think that kind of goes without saying that this will be preseason basketball and the ball will be flying all over the place. But, I think if you're a Pistons fan, you're just looking for those occasional moments of, of brilliance, right? Like some, some not, first of all, you want to see some guys knock down some shots. Uh, I think that's, it's, I don't want to make the make or miss league analogy that gets played up, but the Pistons need guys other than Mikhail Luke and other than Wayne Ellington, who we know are proven shooters in this league to start to see, okay, uh, DeLon Wright's going to be able to knock down some spot up shots and that uh, Jeremy Grant can dribble into some threes every now and then. So it would be nice to have this team knock down ten threes tonight to kind of just, okay, you know, they will be able to to get some offense going in some easy ways. Uh, and then Seku, I think, is the big thing. And we've talked about whether his minutes are being blocked by a Jeremy Grant and the fact that Blake Griffin's obviously going to command a lot of minutes, as he should. Um, so w- what is Seku's role going forward? Dumbuya is obviously – a huge part of this team going forward, whether that's as a trade piece possibly, or as a guy that you're going to be really building around. So, and what does that conditioning look like? I mean, there's a lot of things you can't infer from the first preseason game, but what Seku looks like running up and down the floor. And of course, Blake Griffin, if he gets in tonight, what he looks like up and down the floor, probably two of the biggest things that we're looking forward to seeing tonight. 
Yeah, and the perimeter shooting is going to be the question through the whole season. That's, you know, the the shooting guard position is still up for, you know, the most up for grab position or the most minutes that are up for grabs. And, you know, we don't have somebody that is an elite shooter that's shown they can do it uh, at, at a starting shooting guard level. So that'll be a question throughout the season, but I'm going to be watching these preseason games through the same prism that I'm going to probably watch most of the games this season. Are we being competitive uh, top to bottom? Nobody's giving up. We're going to have to to get wins. This team is going to have to work harder than the team on the other side of the court every night and the rebounding battle. It's something that Troy Weaver's really put an emphasis on in a couple of press conferences about his uh, team building concept and that being a vital part of it. So if he's going to state it as something that he wanted to make a concerted effort that this team get better at, that's, I think, a pretty fair category now to judge him on as the season progresses, is if we are getting better at that rebounding battle, because you've stated that as a specific goal that you had for this team. And big ups also to Blake Griffin. He's going to be part of the Governor Gretchen Whitmer's uh, protect Michigan commission where he's going to be kind of uh, modeling good behavior on wearing masks. And also when the vaccine is, is available, kind of showing that, Hey, you know, people should go get that vaccine and, and was appointed by the governor and is the only athlete on the protect Michigan commission as well. So good on him and good on governor Whitmer for recognizing that there's a high profile, big time athlete <clears throat> here in Michigan and here with the Detroit Pistons. We're going to talk a little bit more about him and also the biggest story around the NBA and what Pistons fans should think about that. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But hey, can I tell you guys about Built Go? It's the solution for me to break through my wall. You know about the 2.30 feeling. You know about the, maybe it's the early morning feeling. Maybe it's that's something you got to work out. You got to break through the run that you got to take uh, to get through these holiday doldrums. You're packing all the food in. You got to figure out a way to get the energy to get what you need done throughout the course of the week. But Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do, whether it's that mental or the physical wall. The workout gel, Built Go, tastes great, and it does the job. It's been doing the job for me. I've loaded up on this stuff for the holidays. I'm ready to go. They got the three delicious flavors, the peanut butter honey, the chocolate coconut, the chocolate mint as well. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. The collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. You got the beta-alanine, the B3, the honey, and the kick of caffeine as well. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong with the B6, the B12. And the collagen pro- the protein promotes joint, soft, to- soft tissue, hair, and skin health as well. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED. For 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Yes, sir! We're still looking for your charities that you think the Pistons fans might want to be turned on to, so get in touch with me if you want to pass those along. I'm also trying to put together a holiday gift guide for the Pistons fans. So if you've gotten some gear or you know a company that's selling stuff that Pistons fans might be interested in, get in touch with me too. We're going to pass along some possible holiday gifts next week, and we wanted to get some input on those. But Brother Brian joining us here with Fri- for Fridays with Brian, as he always does. If you're an NBA fan, maybe you've heard about the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo mm-hmm. is going to be a free agent next year and that this will be 
the biggest story in the NBA this year. I have a good friend, John, who's a lifelong Bucks fan and a lifelong Lions fan. So he's enjoying kind of the Bucks run right now, and he's uh, lamenting the fact that he's a Lions fan. So he's, of course, bummed about that. But fan turning a little dark, right? Because you are looking at this situation, you're wondering why Giannis hasn't signed the extension. Uh, the other part of this saga right now is James Harden and what's going on with him in Houston and that, uh, you know, the Nets and the 76ers seem like possible trade partners. We'll see how that thing all kind of shakes out. And Shams reporting yesterday that the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks also might be involved somehow in James Harden trade scenarios. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, Brian, I kind of wanted to – we wouldn't be a basketball podcast if we didn't talk about Giannis a little bit. So big picture, what do you think about how Pistons fans – should feel about this Giannis situation, seeing as though he's a division rival, but also obviously someone who's going to be a big part of the NBA landscape over this next decade plus. Well, I think initially you look at a market like Milwaukee, which is similar in size to the Detroit market. You're talking about mid and small market teams there and their inability to lock in a superstar like Giannis without this air of will he, won't he, this late in the game, has got to be concerning um, for any team that isn't Los Angeles, Miami, Chicago. And, and But we've seen this for years here in the NBA, uh, the players dictating that sort of movement throughout the league. I think if the Pistons fan looks a little bit deeper they'll see the flaws in the method I think the Bucks took when constructing this team. Now, Giannis kind of fell in their lap as an unexpected superstar to many. Obviously, I just saw the video of uh, Toronto trying to trade for Giannis on draft night. So he was a known quantity, it looks like, on the inside. But they got their superstar first and tried to build a culture around him where I look at what the Pistons are doing right now and they're building a foundation and a culture and whether, uh, you know, superstars on this roster and Seku or Killian or not, they're bringing in a lot of very able-bodied, young, hungry players to set a foundation and an ethic and an ethos in this uh, team that you have to be a certain type of player to play here so that when they're able to hopefully attract or draft or sign or trade for a a superstar level player, that person's walking into a locker room where there's accountability, um, a closeness, and, you know, a professionalism that they can feel comfortable in, that they can learn from, and that they can thrive in. So I think as Pistons fans, you should be concerned initially that, a player of Giannis's talent is able to just kind of wait out his time in a smaller mid market before he gets to, you know, potentially a, you know, a bigger market to play in. But I also think you should take some solace in the fact that they're in this position because it seems like they took a different strategy than the Pistons are taking when building the foundation of this team. It's a great point about the culture, and I think that we saw it with LeBron James in Cleveland, that, that the Cavs were just kind of throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what, what works at year to year in terms of the complimentary players around LeBron and Kyrie Irving back in the day. And I think that Milwaukee 
and they're they're in a bit of a tough situation, but it's the same kind of thing. There's a lot of roster turnover, all the pieces that they had to give up to get Drew Holiday and see what's going to happen there uh, to kind of shake things up after a couple of playoff disappointments. It's, it looks like a little bit of a desperate situation, and not to criticize what they're doing because, uh, you know, John Horst, the local guy that's trying to do it on the fly, and it's not an easy position to be in. But better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all, I guess. So if you're a Bucks fan, you're happy. And if you're a Pistons fan, that would be a great problem to have in the future. And I think you made a great point about Weaver trying to establish this culture so that when a Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham or Imani Bates comes to this team a year or two years from now, that there is a situation already in place that we are the Detroit Pistons. This is what we do. You can be a leader of this team, but you also kind of got to be a part of this culture that's established. And uh, kind of that balancing point between this, you're not, you can't be bigger than this franchise, but yes, we want to give you the tools and the platform to be the face of this franchise, which is already a proud thing that we're, we're talking about here, but uh, kind of a, a mini version of this right now that the Pistons have is Blake Griffin. He's the biggest star on this team. He's the best player on this team when healthy. Uh, Brian and I talked about this off the air last night, but Blake Griffin when we talk about looking ahead at this season, I think we, we almost underestimate how, how important he's going to be to this team. And we're talking about a 72-game stretch here. If Blake Griffin is anything like two seasons ago, then we might be talking about this team, for better or worse, possibly contending to get into that play-in situation as the 10th seed in the East. You don't have to be good to be the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. And the Pistons could get things rolling, play pretty good defense, and maybe knock down some more shots than those on the outside expect, and be a middling team, be a reasonable team night in and night out. Now, the other side of that is Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin could be injured, and we could be talking about the lottery odds and being the third worst team in the NBA or the worst team in the NBA in the worst or best-case scenario in some people's eyes. So the, the, the importance of Blake Griffin cannot be overstated, I think, with the 2020-2021 Detroit Pistons, right? Yeah, the the element on the 2020-2021 Pistons in the first sentence will have to mention Blake Griffin. You said it. If if he's playing like he did two years ago, you're you know probably in the play-in tournament. If he plays, if he's injured or you know doesn't look good again like last year, then you're a lottery team. You know, looking at the Giannis situation, I think it just shines the light on that's so important because. These guys who are at a level, and I know he was ranked 65 in Sports Illustrated, or I mean ESPN, which I think is ridiculous, um, and I, but I also get it because he's coming off the injury. He is, you know, the most important thing in Pistons Twitter and in Pistons talk. We're talking about is LiAngelo Ball going to make this team? We're looking at the 12th and 13th spots in the rotation uh, and not giving Blake the importance that he does play into this team and its future um, through the development of the players on, on the current roster that he's working with and in a, a role that he seems to have kind of embraced or, you know, if we're able to move him for assets at some point in these next two years, assuming he picks up his player option, which, you know, if Giannis is on the market next year, there's going to be a lot of, things happening in the NBA. I don't know that it's a guaranteed thing that he, you know, he automatically picks up this option with the prospect of maybe coming off, hopefully a good year and 
you know, getting some more years guaranteed. Yeah, we, we've talked about this before too. That, uh, that it's forty million or thirty-nine million dollars. So on the surface, it's like, well, obviously he's going to pick that up. But I don't. I agree with you. I think that there is not a hundred percent chance that he picks up that option, assuming he has a pretty good year this right. year. Now, if he if he's injured and you you pick up that thirty-nine without question, but if you have a pretty good year, you say, you know, maybe I don't want to be a Detroit Piston these next few years. I've said all the right things, but it's kind of run its course at this point. I would rather go back to a a championship caliber situation and get three years of security and uh, and not that Blake Griffin's one of these guys who has said the outside interest and has made so much money over the years that you know as dumb as it sounds he's a guy who could instead of a 39 million dollar one-year deal you know a 55 million dollar three-year deal wouldn't be so bad especially if you tack on a player option to that third year or something like that so sacrificing some one-year money for a two and a half year security and uh and a better lifestyle situation for him might be something that he'd be interested in but yeah agreed on all fronts about Blake not only is the way he plays this year the biggest impact on the Pistons this year but not only that but what is his trade value going forward whether that's at the deadline or next offseason that's the most important thing and then not only the mentorship at practice and behind the scenes with the young guys but what does the encore product of Blake Griffin, the guy who needs the ball in his hands, the guy who should have the ball in his hands, compared to the development that you want out of a Killian Hayes, the development that you want out of a Sekou Dumbuya, and uh, what that looks like next to guys like Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart, the Josh Jacksons of the world. So, I mean, just a million things revolve around the Blake Griffin orbit right now. And as a franchise, uh, other than the injuries, that's a nice place to be because he's a great guy to have as the face of your franchise and the, and the leader of your team. But what does that look like in practice? And, of course, what do those injuries look like uh, here? You know, recovering from another major injury, which has unfortunately been kind of the story of Blake Griffin's career. And we're going to see how that plays out this year with the Detroit Pistons. But also seeing how things play out, uh, Brother Brian's going to have us with another tip on something to watch this weekend on the college basketball ranks to get us ready for the 2021 draft as he does every Friday. That's coming up next. Here on the Locked On Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network, your team every day. And the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here. And the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning next Monday, December 14th, after the weekend here. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including myself, plus waiver wire editions from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on every division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA wherever you get your podcast. Host Matt Shook here with Locked On Pistons, joined as I am every Friday by brother Brian. Brian, uh, we had the game last week, number one versus number two. Everything was set up great. Sleep in. Get ready to watch the uh, yeah. the great tip between Gonzaga and Baylor, and it was a game of the century, wasn't it? Yeah, right. It was it was close down the wire. No, that was a big swing and a miss. I turned it was getting ready to turn it on Saturday afternoon, and so I saw it rolled across that it got canceled earlier that day. So hopefully this doesn't become a curse because we've got another good one coming up here this weekend. Yeah, certainly college basketball season is in flux. It's kind of a day-to-day thing at this point. But I, I audibled last week and watched Cade Cunningham take on the Oakland Golden Grizzlies for uh, Oklahoma City. So that was a nice watch. My first 40-minute uh, experience of Cade Cunningham 
a delight. I think everyone should take some time mm-hmm. and watch Cade Cunningham this year, the way he manages the team. Uh, a little bit disappointed with maybe the first third of the game, how he looked energy and defense-wise. But just the passes, and even just the – I love the a guy who snaps those routine passes. Mm-hmm. I know I'm sounding like my high school basketball coach at this point, but just a guy who just, like, makes – purposeful passes night in and night out and for I know that sounds like the first thing you learn as a basketball player but when you know a guy who comes in and is establishing that he is the man on this Oklahoma City team as a freshman and is Oklahoma State uh, not Oklahoma City but uh the Cowboys there so I mean if he the way that he finds guys across the court and just that that simple pass just snapping that that uh, that jump pass that we used to call it back in the day uh, I just, you know, and, and, and of course, the, the highlight reels, the, the way the transition, the, uh, the alley-oops, the finding shooters, the drive and kick stuff, just a, really a lot to like with Cade Cunningham in addition to that size of a 6'8 guy. But who are we watching this weekend in terms of prospects? Yeah, and Cunningham's confidence, too, on the court. He just jumps up. Your eyes are just drawn to him. He's just, he's just a joy to watch, and he pops off the screen. But so do two guys we're going to be looking at this week out west in the Pac-12, Sunday night at 9.30 on the Pac-12 network. Hopefully you're able to get that in on your carrier. Stanford will be visiting USC, and there's two guys who are kind of projected into the you know mid or, mid or higher lottery right now. Stanford. Uh, has a kid named Zaire Williams, a six foot eight inch, one hundred and eighty five pound freshman forward, and through his first four games here with the Cardinals, he's averaging ten point seven rebounds. Stanford's two and two, so you know they're putting a quality team out there, and he's a big contributor to it already as a freshman, or, you know, early in his career. And then on the other side, we've got Evan Mobley, who's at or near the top of a lot of lists uh, coming up out this year uh, with the draft. He, he plays in USC with his older brother, Isaiah Mobley, but Evan will be the one who's seven feet tall, 210 pound. He's a freshman. Uh, USC started four and one, so they've had a good start to the season, and he's a big reason why, because he's averaging 18 points and nine rebounds a game in his first five college games. That's, that's pretty amazing for a kid that young to be doing that so quickly. Um, so that's Stanford, USC. Neither of them teams are currently ranked right now, but you've got Zaire Williams versus Evan Mobley, 930, Sunday, December 13th on the Pac-12 Network. Yeah, Pac-12 Network is one of those ones you can stream on ESPN Plus as well, so you can check out that game on the internet, hopefully if you've got the, the right providers. But Zaire Williams, like you said, among that group of wings, right, six foot eight mm-hmm. guys that hopefully are that NBA prototype switchable defensive players. So where does he rank as far as the B.J. Bostons, the Jalen Greens, the Jalen Suggs of those uh, traditional NBA players that uh, that uh, that everyone wants? So where Zaire Williams fits in that group of guys is going to be kind of the story of his season. Does he climb up to the top three, or does he fall more to the bottom of the lottery, and, and how does he look? So check him out this weekend against USC and see what you think about how he stacks up. Uh, obviously, the, the, sh- the shot is a little bit of a question for him coming into this season, and uh, check out what, what he looks like with that. And then, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Evan Mobley, kind of stands alone in this group of lottery prospects as a big man, as that seven-footer, and uh, obviously a guy who's been very productive so far at USC, uh, kind of an Okongwu type because he's just going to be there really quick. 
and he's going to put up a lot of numbers. And how you feel about him in his one year at USC uh, will dictate whether you think he's a top three pick or a guy who falls into the bottom half of that top ten. Um, and, and interesting because he's that one center out of all these groups. we got Cunningham as a point guard. And then just a bunch of combo guards or wings. And then Evan Mobley is this one person who kind of stands alone as a, a center prospect. So a really good one from Brian there this weekend out west Sunday. I believe it's at 930. Is that right, Sunday Yep, evening? 930. So after the Piston game. Yeah, perfect. So we can check out Mobley and Zaire Williams after the Pistons game on Sunday night. But that's – I. You said it, Pistons game, man. We got Pistons game coming up in a matter of hours, and I know hopefully you guys are excited to to watch the red, white, and blue. I know I am. It's been a long nine months. We deserve this after enduring 2020 and uh, looking forward to some Pistons basketball this weekend with two games against the New York Knicks. But that wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. I'm your host, Matt Schiff. He is Brother Brian. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Spartans. Get ready for some hoops and college football with Will and Matt this weekend. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. You didn't tell me you were an expert.